0: Welcome, everyone, to On Podcast, your know, Microsoft podcast where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Kareem Anderson. I'm joined by
1: David Allen, the fun one on a Friday. How are we doing out there?
0: Hopefully, everyone's doing great. Uh, we got another week of news, uh, not as intense as last week, but uh, sure to still make headlines uh, for all of you Microsoft followers. Uh, we're going to start off our opening discussion with something Pretty big, but also related to last week. Uh, we have the ongoing saga of uh, Microsoft versus the CMA and this whole Activision Blizzard deal. Uh, we got some new uh, conversations, some talking pieces, an approval, a couple of approvals actually, and uh, we have a staunch position that's being taken. Uh, we'll let you know who's taking what and why, uh, and what that means for the future uh, of this whole deal uh, going forward. Uh, then we'll be jumping into our headline section, where we're talking about Gears 5 coming to the NVIDIA GeForce, uh, what that means for Xbox gamers and uh, NVIDIA GeForce owners. Uh, we also have Satya Nadella you know, finally admitting that uh, AI could displace humans, uh, human jobs. Uh, he's always kind of skirted around it, saying it'll create new opportunities, but uh, the stark reality is that there will. For new opportunities, the old ones have to have been uh, probably erased. Uh, we'll be talking about Xbox commemorating Global Accessibility Awareness Day as well. Microsoft providing uh, 40 million people across Latin America and Africa with the high speed internet on a initiative uh, we talked about a long time ago, and we're just circling back because it's still relevant. Uh, and then we'll be getting jumping lastly into how you can use iMessage on your Windows 11 PC as well as uh, Elon Musk being a troll for Microsoft. Uh, With that being said, let's get into the opening discussion, shall we? Uh, we. Yeah, let's go. Uh, This week we had uh, the EU come out and approve the Microsoft Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition uh, with caveats. Um, They were basically saying that they wanted Microsoft to have a uh, licensing, two licensing stipulations put in place, basically allowing any cloud gaming service to have open access, uh, fair, open and fair access to a licensing deal in order to license any of the games that uh, come with uh, the Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal. Meaning, they, if you are mom pop cloud gaming service, you'll have the same access to Candy Crush, uh, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, all the big titles to help start, help, you know, buoy your service. As well as make it uh, competitive for everybody else. Um, that's kind of what they wanted to do. Uh, but just because the EU decided to approve it and uh, some other markets have approved it as well, doesn't mean the CMA is going to back down from their position. Uh, I want to say maybe later, or maybe even moments later, I forget the time frame for it. Uh, they jumped onto Twitter saying, you know. Paraphrasing, I am paraphrasing right now. Saying, uh, we still stand by what we say, and what Microsoft's trying to do is still anti-competitive. I believe, in between this week and last week, they also issued some kind of ultimatum where they said that the deal cannot proceed, no matter what happens, until they get their until they get approval, written consent from the CMA. I don't know legal jurisdiction on that. We'll get into that uh, in a second, we get to the discussion part of this. But I'm just gonna give everyone the facts. So as it stands, the EU has approved, I believe our last approval was uh, today. Uh, who's, who's approving today?
1: China? Yeah, I believe it was China. Yes, then we head
0: over to our website, which you can also head over to our website to get the uh, updates. And uh, we do, we have uh, China approving the deal. So uh, the regulatory body approved it. The EU approved it earlier this week. Uh, We are heading, you know, barreling into the FTC's uh, date with uh, Microsoft. As of right now, the only person who's staying out like a sore thumb the only regulatory body is the CMA. And again, they have not backed out. With that last bit of information, uh, we will also offer that the MPs uh, for the UK have now come out and questioned the CMA. So it uh, seems like uh, they're wondering why. Because, again, as we mentioned before, the CMA is a regulatory body, but it's also independent. Uh, so I guess the, you know, the powers that be in the UK are wondering why everyone else approving and the CMA is not backing down. With all that being said, what are your thoughts on where we stand with this
1: whole deal? This thing is getting very um, twisted. It's like tying a pair of shoes three times over. Um, I don't know how much longer Microsoft is going to stay in the game, to be honest. I don't know, you know, how much longer they necessarily intend to fight. I mean, you know, we had heard that our original, you know, closing time was roughly, what, a month month to six weeks away. So I, I feel like. You know, the CMA has kind of put their foot in the ground and said, look, you know, we're not backing down from our stance on this. And I feel like something we talked about earlier this week in our um, company chat that, correct me if I'm wrong, they're wanting some sort of store that says everybody puts their stuff in, you do what you want to do. For example, if you want to use Azure or Amazon Cloud or Google Cloud, for example, to develop your title and host your title, then they feel that you should be able to do that. Whereas right now, Microsoft has the monopoly. If you're going to develop on the Microsoft platform for Xbox, you're basically going to do it the Microsoft way. And coming, coming from somebody with a background in servers and whatnot, I, I kind of see that. Imagine this imagine if call of duty the the developers of call of duty said well we want to be on the xbox but we're not going to use the azure cloud we're going to go get amazon or google cloud pick your poison and and they go they do their development they house their title and the title is released and you're going through the dashboard well i'm gonna download call of duty you know the the new version is out I'm going to download it up. You get an error message. But you can download everything else on the Xbox. So what does that tell you? There's an issue possibly with Amazon Cloud. So when you start or or the cloud service being used, when you start divvying out services, it makes the service more unstable. And I kind of see the, the Microsoft way of doing things. If you're going to be on our platform, you're going to do it our way. It's a security thing. It's a, you know, service reliability thing. But I understand that the CMA and some of the others that have, you know, raised concerns are saying, well, this gives Microsoft the monopoly of, you know, the cloud and the gaming too. And I I understand that, but I also see it from the service point of view that one service one platform, everything works the way it should.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, those are all great facts, Um, just to give people a little bit more perspective. uh, The scrutiny came from the MPs belonging to the Business and Trade Committee uh, of the CMA's deal, who questioned CMA's bosses, Marcus uh, Bachernick, I believe, and Sarah Cardwell. The decision to block the merger between Microsoft and Activision, I particularly am to express concern over how this uh, whole thing was determined, uh, and how that affects uh, the uh, UK going forward as a play, as a tech place for business. Uh, despite being questioned, uh, Bakernick doubled down on the CMA stance that the deal would weaken competition in the cloud gaming market, uh, and he understands you know why people are questioning now. Uh, to your point about the way that this whole structure thing, this whole thing is structured, um, I apologize to anybody who is in the know, but I'm going to uh, pontificate on what I know. The very little that I know is that while um, Microsoft is asking people to, uh, you know, use Azure when they are licensing the, their particular set of games or whatnot, it doesn't prevent anybody from making ports for other uh, cloud services and putting them on there. Like the idea is that. Microsoft will provide a license to say Tencent, who already has whatever cloud service they're using. They're not going to necessarily drop their cloud service just for Azure. What they're going to have to do is develop a port of whatever games that they're having or whatever games they're licensing for that structure as well as Azure. Because the idea is that, as you mentioned, if there's any downtime, if there's any issues, uh, or if there's any updates, you know, not speaking of the negatives, but the positive. There's any updates that Azure does that reduces latency, that uh, you know, uh, does better pairing for multiplayer, things like that. They want to be able to push that to their, games. you know, you know, we're saying that you know, Call of Duty and and World of Warcraft, things like that, will be Microsoft games. They want to be able to control that. And if you have it on a separate platform, say AWS, and you just push out a big update, that latency by you know, one more millisecond. But AWS doesn't do that. And the game is available through AWS on whatever this cloud service is. You now have two people playing a multiplayer on unfair uh, playing fields. They're not playing equal or evenly. And the same thing with AWS, when it goes down, we already know this, half the internet goes down. But that doesn't mean that Microsoft's cloud service is down. But people will blame them. We mentioned this in the chat. This is the Windows issue. Where you buy an ASUS laptop, say it's a really, you know, a $300 one. And the drivers go, you blame Microsoft, you're like, oh, Windows sucks. And it, well, it's not Windows' fault. It's ASUS and their drivers, but because Microsoft and Windows is the thing you're interacting with, that's who you blame. And I believe that's what they're trying to prevent from. So, I mean, with all that being said, we have, like you said, there's a foot in the sand. We're, we were discussing probably for about an hour, what, go, what happens, what, you know, what goes, how, do they, how does Microsoft proceed? Do they drop the deal completely? Because without the CMA's approval, they threaten their other businesses in the area this isn't just all right well we'll do the deal and we just won't provide games in the uk they're saying if you go ahead with the deal get ready to drop office azure uh all of the other software services that you provide in conjunction with these things security clearances, and stuff like that get ready to drop all that out of the out of the uk so this is a big deal because as the MPs who were part of the business Trade committee are kind of questioning, it's like, well, if Microsoft is potentially willing to drop the UK over this thing, is the is the UK willing is prepared to have such you know such a loss? I mean, they're not. Yeah, they can run to Linux and things like that, but this is a whole infrastructure thing that they're not going to be able to do overnight. So, what do you think, do? They strong arm did did you think this appeal might work now that people are kind of questioning the cma and pushing them into a corner i don't know
1: i think eventually you get to a point you know and not to repeat what you just said but you get to a point where you know the hard decision has to be made you've got most people are approving the the deal right now so is the cma going to be the one group of people that basically goes against the majority of the world that is saying, okay, we're, we're, we're good with this or they have set their provisions that they want and and Microsoft is willing to meet them. You know, I picture it as two people standing at the table. There's a stake in the middle of the table and who's going, who, who's going to take the fork after the stake first? And, you know, the CMA is giving the outward appearance of, we're strong, we're going to stand. But something tells me that something will be done to possibly get them to back down now. Is it good enough for Microsoft to keep the deal? We don't know.
0: Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting because I think I mentioned this again, Arch. I wish everyone could be privy to the chat, but I see that the CMA, while they are righteous in their opinions on what they're doing, they are inevitable. they are going to postpone or delay, prolong, I should say, the inevitable. What, what they're trying to do is have uh, these, you know, I guess, future cloud services that we don't know about, or even the small ones that we do know about, try and live or die on their exclusives. Because what Microsoft is proposing, what the EU drew from Microsoft is basically saying, everyone has access to Call of Duty, no matter who or what service you are. Microsoft can't pick and choose who they want to you know, help them run or earn the market. They're saying everyone has access to it. Microsoft said, okay, fine, you twisted arm. Everyone has access to the games, not just Call of Duty, because that was the big one. That was the big one I'm making deals for specifically. Now those deals don't even matter because everyone has access to it if they want to start up a cloud service. So if you want to start up a cloud service tomorrow, you have access to Call of Duty via Microsoft in this deal because you forced them to. You would think that'd be what the UK wants, but instead what the UK wants is they want cloud services to be free enough to do whatever they want with whatever service they have, and as you and I discussed, it's cost serve, it's cost and resource, resource intensive to host a cloud service, a cloud gaming service. And uh I knew that Google could do it. They had they had both, they just didn't have the game chops to to keep the deals. Uh, Sony is gonna substitute, I mean, they're using Azure for right now. We'll see what they, you know, what service they use to, to do it sooner, sooner or later uh, with their own version. But they're going to they're gonna use the gaming portion of it that they already have a huge one of to subsidize this, at least early on before it starts making money. Microsoft and AWS have already invested in the Internet version of this, which is subsidizing the game version of this. I don't know very intensive. A big company is subsidizing their game ones through their own uh, advertising and business models for other things. Like, I don't know how many random, small cloud gaming services are going to make it on their own uh, without any subsidies. The uh, same thing goes for uh, Ubisoft and Activision, I mean, not Activision, but EA. Like, they have huge gaming libraries. They're they're leeching money and resources from the gaming titles to subsidize this for, for a period, you know, because, I mean, admittedly, Game Pass and xCloud are money sinks right now for Microsoft, same as Netflix. Netflix dropped money for almost 13 years before they started becoming profitable. For what the CMA is asking, I don't know if any cloud service is going to have the time to do that. They They'd have to have... One heck of a exclusive that ran for 10 years, profitable in order to subsidize these cloud services. But what's going to end up happening is they're going to start dropping by the wayside as they realize server cost and development hours and and pay, you know paying all these studios to run these games is not worth it. And Microsoft and Microsoft and Sony and maybe Nintendo and AWS, Luna's uh, their Luna service are just going to start picking these companies up as they go out of business, and then they'll have these titles all to themselves and they won't have to share with everybody versus forcing Microsoft to at least share the largest library with everybody. So that's the future I see if, if the CMA continues to get their way.
1: And I, I think you're right, and, and coming from somebody who's in the background as well as yourself, for, for people that don't know, Google Cloud, Amazon, and Azure as well, it's expensive. It's expensive, folks, and you know it's nice, it it, it it they're all very solid platforms. They've all got their pros and their cons. but to your point, it's expensive to, to to stay online and to meet the demand of gamers to make sure you're pushing your content out. And something we talked about in our chat, again, I wish you know people could be privy to is we talked about things going you know back to the way they used to be before you had, Google Cloud and Azure and Amazon and, and you know all these companies had server rooms with server racks. Well, well, that's great, but that still comes as comes as an expense because there's bandwidth to pay for, there there's hardware to pay for, and you know then you've got to pay the employees to be there twenty four seven to keep things online. So it's going to be very interesting the cloud providing choice one that sony makes you know just to see what sony does when when they're ready to go further with theirs and it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out in the end i i'm hoping it goes through the gamer in me is hoping it goes through but the business person in me is looking at it going "Eh, it might not but we'll just have to wait and see yeah, we'll put a pin
0: in it for now. I'm sure there'll be more information next week or you know, Microsoft may ignore it and just stick to build and saying, hey, there's here's our cloud. And there's some new Windows stuff as well. Maybe some new hardware. Who knows? But uh, we're going to move on to our step. I let you open the first headline.
1: All right, I'm gonna stay on the same track here for just a minute on this headline because I think it's going to interest some folks. It certainly interests me. We have gears five, the popular uh gear 5 xbox title is coming to nvidia geforce now in fact it is already there it was there as of may the 18th so you know this is one of those deals one of those 10-year deals that we talked about it and have talked about for a long time you know there was a 10-year deal made with NVIDIA to, to, to do things with Microsoft titles. So guess what? NVIDIA seems to be one of the first to jump. So if you're a Gears fan, and for some reason you're not a PC Game Pass subscriber, you can play Gears 5 right now on NVIDIA GeForce Now, and they do have some more titles coming up Coming up May 25th, we have Deathloop, Grounded, and Penema. So it looks like, you know, over time from what we're seeing, these titles from Microsoft are going to ease their way over to NVIDIA GeForce Now. I'm a fan of this. This goes back to what Phil Spencer has always said, play anywhere. I think this is a good thing.
0: I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to go into something a little less fun, a little more daunting because, hey, I guess I'm the daunting one now. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we have AI could cause real displacement of human jobs, says Satya Nadella. Now, as we mentioned at the top, uh, Satya at least since, uh, you know, they've made a big fuss about ChatGPT. He's always skirted the question, and I believe everyone has Neil needle with the verge, and people whoever he's interviewed with, whenever they talk about, the potential of jobs being displaced, he's always said that it's, quote, uh, an opportunity to create new jobs. Uh, but I guess he finally said, all right, well, you know, as we're about to watch a slew of jobs get replaced, I might as well be uh, upfront about it. Mandela highlighted the concept of replacement that can occur in the job market as a result of new technologies. Again, once again, he also emphasized that it's uh, the it has the ability to create new jobs. Quote, I mean, there can be a billion developers. In fact, the world needs a billion developers, says N- Nadella. So the idea that is actually a democratizing tool to make access to new technology and knowledge easier, simplifying the learning curve, which, you know, as marketing speak for, uh, again, this is that, despite the fact that what it's replacing will be uh, more of the, you know, C-level, menial, task-oriented jobs. So while everyone can start to become, you know... Uh, a young nascent developer, people who have to do processing stuff like that, they will lose their jobs. So again, they might have the ability to become a developer, and figure out how to uh, harness AI. But in the meantime, their jobs can be cut. they'll explained that despite advancements in, in development, it's still necessary to read, edit, improve content. He believes that AI will enhance existing jobs and contribute to the creation of new ones. He even suggested that employee salaries could potentially increase as a result of the company's AI initiatives. Uh, there are concerns, obviously, about uh, AI, and I believe Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak, a bunch of other, you know, uh, visionary tech tech visionaries, uh, have gotten together to create some kind of like agreement that they've all signed to like try and pause AI development for months. It's a dumb idea, in my opinion, because uh, pausing six months doesn't change the fact that uh, AI is not sentient, which I believe everyone's kind of conflating. Anyway, moving on from that. Rapid development of AI Dela expressed his beliefs that a progress is moving in the right direction. He emphasized the importance of humans being involved in the loop rather than being completely replaced. Now, I don't know if any executive who's got a family people care about that, but you know, at least he's standing on that. We'll see what his thoughts are uh, at, at uh, build when he has to discuss, like, you know, how this helps businesses but doesn't optimize the person out of a position. What are your thoughts on the You know, I think we've kind of hinted at uh, the dread of potential job displacement. But what do you think about Nadella thinking that this can create new jobs or more, more new jobs?
1: Well, it's going to create more new jobs for people that understand that there's a programming and development and a management part of AI and for the people that can take these AI engines and these APIs, such as your programmers and and whatnot, and can manipulate these things to do specific things for specific businesses. For example, you have an AI that is built for someone in the financial sector. You have one that's built for someone in the advertising sector, you know, and you're using these APIs to build your own. We have to remember that's the purpose of an API is to be able to have access to build your own. I don't foresee, right now, we go to Bing, we use Bing Chat, you know, Bard, or whichever AI engine that you choose, and that's what we do. But as, as you know, Google mentioned last week in their IO. They, they're already reaching out to partners. Instacart was one of them that I recall, you know, where things are being built specifically for Instacart customers. We saw something about fast food restaurants, I believe it was, I believe it was Wendy's, where, you know, there's going to be job loss. I don't want to say there's not going to be. There's going to be. People are going to be replaced because of AI, but I think there will be new jobs developed for people that know how to manage manipulate and maintain ai for example the internet when it became popular i'm sure there was job loss there you had manual labor versus you know what somebody can click and do well then the new jobs were created for people that knew how to manipulate and make better these systems of click and do you know we used to mail our bills we used to walk in and go somewhere and pay our bills. The internet comes along. You can now click and pay those bills. Maybe we needed less bill collectors, you know, there to to take our payment or answer our Oh, call. not the poor bill collectors. Yeah, and, you know, but, but I think AI is gonna do the same thing. I think, you know, they're gonna be some people without a job, I hate it, but the ones created for the ones that know how to manipulate it, are going to be equal to the ones that knew how to build websites in the beginning, 10, 15 years ago. Agreed.
0: So, uh, get your learning AI and AI prompts. So I'm sure there are tons of lessons that I've already seen YouTube videos crop up people. So get on it. Uh, and I, next, su- uh, I suspect
1: okay. you're going to see this start popping up on college curriculums anytime. Agreed. Definitely agree. What's our next headline? Let's see. We're gonna stay on the Xbox train for just a minute. This kind of, this particular headline kind of means a little something to me. Xbox has current um, commemorated Global Accessibility Awareness Day, and before I go any further, I want to say that I commend Xbox for everything they're doing for people with uh, disabilities and how they're making products customized for people with disabilities. So those with disabilities get to compete. So at Global Accessibility Awareness Day happens to be a special, a special date that is in place to focus on digital access and inclusion for more than 1 billion people that live with some sort of disability or impairment. So basically what Microsoft has been doing, and, and you may have noticed this in some of your games, hate to bring the title up again but I noticed that when I installed Call of Duty on a new Xbox earlier this week you get the prompt there whether you're disabled or not what can we do to make this game more accessible do you need you know your your game controller to be less sensitive do you need better auto aiming do you need you know brighter text to read and you know Microsoft, debuted this seven months ago because I remember covering it on our website. And now they're coming back with better support pages for Xbox.com, better accessibility menus, both for the Xbox app and PC app. So if you've got a disability, a lot of things sometimes you can't participate in or you have to modify to participate in it's nice to see a company jump out there and say hey we're going to do what we can to make sure you get to participate and enjoy our systems and titles so i'm a fan i look forward to seeing more of what microsoft's going to do and i hope that other companies that are watching how successful this is and how game developers are implementing it and we start seeing other stuff like this
0: yeah congratulations microsoft's airband initiative uh, to provide high-speed internet access to 40 million people across latin america and africa i believe uh microsoft we wrote about this about back in 2016 they launched it in 2017 uh this is back when I believe facebook was throwing drones in the sky and google was using balloons and stuff like that it was basically an initiative by people to get uh, rural areas mostly uh access to uh decent internet uh i believe the headlines go in 2017 microsoft launched the airbend initiative a program designed to promote internet connectivity across rural areas in the u.s with the objective of expanding uh, internationally and helping 40 million people gain access to high-speed internet uh, earlier this week, Microsoft announced it's uh, expanded its air, uh, air partnerships that are in place to help the company deliver on its uh, promise uh, to connect 40 million people across Latin America and Africa to fast, reliable internet. Uh, the partnership, I believe, uh, covers uh, the countries of Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Guatemala, uh, Cote, uh, Cote d'Ivoire, uh, Kenya, Nigeria, Tanzania, and Uganda. Uh, marked some of the most significant progress in commitment to ex- uh, extend high-speed Internet access to two fifty million people living in unserved and, unders- uh, unserved and underserved areas around the world, including 100 million people in Africa. Uh, last year, in December, Microsoft partnered with uh, Visa, ViaSat, a global communications company, to help provide Internet access to 10 million people around the globe uh, Africa. So they're, you know, uh, on chart to uh, hit their numbers i think they said including 100 million people that they've already uh, um, gotten they plan to get 100 more by the end of 2025 uh, in africa uh, there's better interconnectivity across latin america latin america and african rural areas uh, will help uh, these you know people get uh, better placed jobs more you know higher income jobs Uh, more desired technological jobs as you were mentioning, you know, maybe these next wave of people who get access to unit jump straight on the uh, AI bandwagon and AI prompt uh, stuff and, you know, they start contributing to being, you know, mini developers or AI wranglers and things like that. These are the jobs that Microsoft wants to try and help enable by giving people access. Now, I believe the initiative was supposed to be using white noise was was their way to do it versus putting a balloon in the sky or drone or whatnot. But I think you can speak on this a little more
1: Well, the the Microsoft Airband program is a tremendous program. I have um, participated in the program with a local ISP here. And to give somebody a brief background on what it is, you go to the Microsoft Airband website. I don't have that right here handy, but you can uh, Bing it or Google it, whatever your choice and look it up, you basically fill out a form and they verify your business information and then you will get a list of some of the new broadband technologies out there as well as some of the existing. For example, what you're referring to there is something called TV white space and basically what TV white space is, is if we all remember the analog TV days when you had the antennas on top of your house, Those airwaves have been replaced, as we know, with digital television and the analog airwaves have now been used or repurposed for broadband internet access. I've got a picture of one of the units in the next room. Maybe I'll I'll take a picture and we can include it with the podcast or something. But uh, what you do is when you fill out your form you pick what you want what type of technology you want now microsoft does kind of lock you into what technology you can use they're not going to let you use something that's 10 years old you have to have some money to spend still but they will heavily discount your investment and when i say heavily 50 75 80 percent on something so you take a The infrastructure I'm referring to was roughly 30 grand with the Microsoft Airband program. I believe this company saw their investment knocked down to eight grand. And then you have something that one is reliable, and you can then make future purchases. This is the good part. You can make future purchases in the Airband program and still get those airband discounts. So for example, if you say, look, in one of these countries we want to set up 50 people, well, you your initial order is to set up 50 people with reliable internet access. Microsoft doesn't come back and say, after 50 people, those discounts are over. You better have your money and be ready to, you know, pay full price. No, you can come back and make further purchases under the airband discounts that's where microsoft wins and it's an end to end service if you need an internet provider someplace to provide service microsoft in the airband program has partnerships and it's it's you couldn't ask microsoft to be any more simplistic about it there's not any hoops to jump through fill out the paperwork Get your business verified. All they want to do is verify that they have some contact information to get a hold of you. Get yourself added to their newsletter and, and start clicking the links of what you want to purchase. That's it, folks. They make it easy. So if somebody's out there in a foreign country or anywhere and saying, look, we need some reliable internet access, bunch up that airband program. There just might be something out there you can use.
0: Great. I'm glad to hear that. Everyone, follow up on that. Um, I'm going to just jump ahead real quick ahead of the last headline because I feel like we can wrap it up with yours. And mine's just a minor one, but uh, for people who are interested, you can now use iMessage on your Windows 11 PC. Uh, Microsoft started rolling out the update earlier this week uh, to all Windows 11 customers in different languages across 85 countries in phase rollouts, um, I believe, that started actually at the beginning of this month. Um, the iPhone support for I, our phone link uh, should be starting, uh, I believe, this week, and should be going out uh, to 85 uh, countries for all Windows 11 users for the next few weeks or so. Uh, there are a lot of caveats to this one. Yes. Uh, this means that Windows 11 customers can now send and receive messages via iMessage, make and receive calls, and check notifications from uh, any app installed in the Windows. I've on their iPhones directly from the Windows PC, but. Uh, It's apparent that the capability of the link uh, your iPhone to Windows PC has been, uh, while it's been much anticipated, there are a lot of things that you should be ready for. For instance, the update doesn't support group messaging to one-on-one chats. What's more, users won't be allowed to send messages, images, audio, or video. So uh, you get about a third of the functionality of iMessage on your PC. So basically, if you are someone who is, you know, I zoned in, sure that you're not getting any emergency messages or any uh you know text messages to kind of change the date on meetings stuff like that this is what this functionality is used for as of right now um additionally the phone link uh won't be able to tell uh, a normal text message apart from an iMessage. message so god be with you everything's gonna be a green bubble apparently Yep. Uh, that- the chat bubbles won't be categorized into two green chat bubbles representing normal text messages and blue chat bubbles representing uh, iMessages. I so if you're okay with the green message for everything, go ahead and use this. Moreover, it'll, pr- it'll prove impossible to check your chat history, which is also, I guess, a big thing. Obviously, people want to be able to reference something. It's like, you know, if you have a significant other and they're referencing something that you guys talked about uh, maybe a week ago, and you won't have visibility on that, at least on your PC, you can always go to your phone. Uh phone link will only show your messages that you sent and received while you're using it. Uh, we'd like to invite uh, people to kind of uh, give us their thoughts and opinions if you're trying it out because like I said, it's it's kind of like the Android App Store that Microsoft brought to, to uh, Windows 11. It's nice to have it as a checkmark. Functionally speaking, I, I don't know if it's all that great to, for people to use. So. Hopefully they can be able to improve it. Uh, Apple will lets down some of those guards a little bit. We can get some more functionality out of it. Until then, give it a shot. Let us know your thoughts.
1: It's better than what it's better than what we have. I mean, how many how many years have people been begging for a way to, you know? And there there's all kinds of hacks and ways around out there and an app to do this. I've even seen people folks renting Mac Minis in a data center to log into on their pc to be able to send a simple text message from their pc now i've got an article coming up on phone link where i'm going to discuss some of the things that i do daily on PhoneLink. link phone link plays a plays a big role in my workflow but i'm gonna have to be blunt folks remember there's the microsoft samsung partnership that's where you get all the features a phone link you don't even get all the features on a Google Pixel so if you're looking at that Google Pixel fold that was just announced you'll get most of the features but you're not going to get all of them so be aware and what we're doing here with iMessage baby steps it took us 10 years to get to be able to send a message from a from a Windows device to an iPhone baby steps Maybe in 10 more years, we'll get the rest of the features. Yeah, be able to send a picture, finally. Uh, what's our last one? What's our last headline? Let's this? see. We got one more here. Let's see what we have. Uh, guess what, folks? Microsoft and Elon Musk. Big surprise here, right? The, according to headlines, we have Elon Musk Lawyer has finally sent that magical letter to Microsoft and says naughty, naughty, naughty. Microsoft has received a letter from Elon Musk's personal lawyer, Alex Spiro, accusing the company of violating Twitter's developer agreement. Now, basically what they're saying here is, I believe it's six apps. We don't know which six apps they are that Microsoft did not pay to access the API and was able to get this data from Twitter and manipulate it without paying for it without permission. Now, just to give people some background, we have mentioned this on our site. We have mentioned this in our podcast. In the past, the API up until the time of Elon taking over Twitter was free. So what Elon is trying to say here is there, there there was a window in there where Microsoft was still accessing data. Microsoft last month says, look, we have turned off all Twitter access. Well, Elon is saying, well, you still had some access during the time of it was supposed to be paid for. So Microsoft says they will respond accordingly. And they have until June 7th, I do believe, to respond to Elon's request. And Elon says this may take a step further now. Wow. I really I, want to t- take this seriously, but part of me wants to chuckle as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to say if he can get a settlement out of him for $44 billion, he might. Be- That's where I'm going to This whole Twitter acquisition. Uh, I feel like there might be a settlement on board. Uh, I don't think it's going to be for that price, just because Microsoft doesn't want to have to be dragged through a PR mudslide on this whole deal, if in fact they had violated. If they didn't, you know, who knows? uh, Elon might be on the hook for even more money because of this whole Twitter. This whole Twitter deal. Now, with that being said, uh, we want to thank everyone for joining us for another week of news. Uh, we will be telling you where to find us and it happens to be on that Twitter site as well. Where can people find you?
1: Well, I'm over there, David P.A.J. Underscore one nine seven eight. And, you know, my feed is tech related. But in the Twitter world, when you scroll the Twitter feeds, there's no telling what you might find.
0: Yeah, uh, you can find me at my one. My feed is also tech related, but uh, I have some Thoughts and opinions on comics and movies and things like that as well. So if you want just a bit of a reprieve from all the tech news, you can check that out as well. Uh, Like I said, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, We hope that we have been informative and entertaining and that you come back next week for more
1: information. Uh, Have a great weekend. Have a good weekend, folks. We'll see you next week.